Alan Johannes. He's a singer, songwriter, revered guitarist, producer, and engineer, referred to by many in the industry as a musical genius. Johannes was born into a musical family in Chile in 1962 and started playing guitar at age six. He grew up all over the world speaking multiple languages, and it was coming to the U.S. as a young teen where he met some friends and started a band three-fourths of whom would later become the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But it was some years later, upon meeting his soulmate and musical cohort Natasha Schneider, that his life would change. The duo create a partnership so powerful and unique, they're often asked to collaborate and act as a sounding board for their peers. In 2008, though, the unthinkable happened, Natasha's untimely passing from cancer followed by the loss of both his parents and, more recently, his close friend and collaborator, Chris Cornell. Luckily for us, Johannes has soldiered on, releasing three poignant and beautifully orchestrated albums. We were fortunate to catch up with this musical giant and just as gracious human being from his home studio in L.A. recently, where he recorded his latest masterpiece, Hum. I'm great. How are you? I'm okay. You know, considering the insanity of the last year plus, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone here at the, at, at my sister's got, got it, and I managed to not oh. get it. So I think I already had it twice in the last year and a half. <laughs> where, uh, where are you? Where, where, is, where is that? Are you in the East Coast? Right? Yes, uh, New Jersey. I'm home oh, in New nice. Jersey. Nice. Perfect. Looks lovely. <laughs> Looks lovely where you are too. It's my. It's like, uh, I, I kind of commandeered this room at my sister's, where I have uh, uh, my. You know, I did hum in this room. Actually, I don't know. If you, you can't really. I can't really move the MacBook, but there's there's about uh, about four hundred instruments all around me, plus a recording setup. So yeah. oh, amazing! You <laughs> yeah. created your LA place there, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you know, it's been uh, it's been a, a crazy time. Obviously, you know, we all wish we could be out there uh, touring and stuff. And I got stuck in in Santiago for almost five months, and I managed to make my way back. It was, it was pretty intense, but it's good to be back. You know, just kind of um, kind of uh, brewing the next uh, set of recordings uh, because I don't think this year is going to be a touring possibility, anyways. You know, so yes, yeah, yeah, yeah so. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh it's uh it's it's a new world, as they say. I don't yeah. think it's gonna yeah, a lot of things are gonna change, you know. I think uh, I think if you're into being creative in the in the world of music, you're gonna have to be really, really focused and uh you know, persevere and be okay with being broke a lot. <laughs> I've been doing it so long and the ups and downs were so so intense. I'm used to all of it. I mean and because yeah. the the reason was always uh, uh you know just to make uh just to make music uh, that that you know would would uh, help us and and help the world and the the way the music helped us and and that that, that was that was the, the the same thing nothing's changed. It was you know at least for me I, I it wasn't to be more popular or, or to to uh you know, be rich or anything like that. It was just the love of music, you know? I mean, I was lucky to uh, grow up in a household where there was constant music, you know, and everyone played an instrument or sang. So it wasn't like they were, they weren't, 
they they definitely uh, didn't try to stop me. You know, sometimes they kind of wish that because my grades were so good that I would be get a straight gig, like an architect or doctor or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I even pretended by going to val to 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 junior college for for about a year. We we're waiting. Jack and I both did the same thing. Jack Irons. We were hoping to get a record deal or at least get more popular so we could prove to our parents the whole thing was worth it. Yeah, your mom was a singer. Your dad as well. Yes. Oh, a musician. My uncle Peter, he was the one that put a guitar in my hand. He was a multi-instrumentalist and entertainer. They were more in the enter entertainment, meaning like they, I didn't get that part of the gene, like the kind of like, hey, you know, it's like a really like good stage persona and all that. I'm, I'm more like kind of like the, you know, eyebrows and eyes closed and like, oh, like more Beethoven, like, you know, it's so heavy. And there's natural performers like uh, like Dave and Josh and Chris, you know. Uh, though Chris was obviously, you days know. you were dancing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's one video where they forced me to dance and it was, it was really embarrassing. I, I, I'm trying to, I try to pull it off as if, as if I was, I knew I looked really silly and I was just having fun with it because it was the 80s, you know. It was, it was a Walk the Moon video. No, but, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, exactly. The, 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 the environment being, uh, being very, very helpful was, was great, especially in, in terms of the music that was being played because, I naturally gravitated towards the Beatles, you know, um, in the '60s. So I would make my mom get me the singles, and I and I was kind of, hand, you know, picking out the chords the best I could, and singing phonetically. And then my grandmother loved like Charlie Parker and Art Tatum and Frank Sinatra, and so there was a lot of great jazz going on then in Mexico City, where we lived from '68 to '74. You know, when I, from when I was six till twelve, my my mom's hipster. Uh, uh, neighbors had like you know really cool records you know obviously all of the jazz and the um jesus christ superstar soundtrack and which i really gravitated to because it had a little bit of that connection to prokofiev you know to the to andrew lloyd weber's melodic thing it's very similar to some of that and yeah you know it's, it's uh it was a uh, it was a cool flamenco guitar was playing all the time you know i fell in love with paco lucia it's it's nice to 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 have grown in so many different countries. I mean, grown up in so many different countries before arriving to the states when I was twelve, because I kind of had this feeling of a world citizen already. Because I actually never really felt home. Like I'm, uh, I mean, I feel at home in anywhere, but I don't really feel like I belong to any one place. Um, and and that's one of the reasons too why I really feel comfortable and and find it really enjoyable to tour. Because I mean, first of all, I'm a foodie. And that's always, you know, helpful touring and trying the cuisines from all over the world. Um, and also, you know, the, how music manifests in different cultures is, it fascinates me. And I try to internalize as much of that as possible to kind of get at some kind of universal feeling. In it. Or, or rather, as a listener, the things that I resonate with, I start finding this commonality, even though the form is not, is not the same at all in, in the sense of like, okay, these are uh, time signatures or the, the tuning is different than ours. It's more microtonal or, or the scales are different or, you know, obviously the language barrier in some ways, but you still kind of sense what, uh, you know, the people are communicating honestly or, uh, with passion. Um, and I, I love that. And that's why I love rock music because you can do it all, all inside that umbrella. You kind of safely held together. I'm a rock musician. Well, what does that mean? You know, uh, jazz musician is pretty specific, but you know it can be. It's pretty uh, varied and classical. You know, it's but a rock musician could be anything from, 
you know, uh, a three chord folk song that's really beautiful to like Frank Zappa and, and uh, you know, all the prog music or, or you know, uh, the swans. I mean, it just, it just goes, you know, Fred Frith, you know, it, it's just, I, I love it. So, and the spirit of it. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking too much already. No, I'm it's so good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You just wiped out about 10 of my top questions. <laughs> no, it's been a long, a long, a long path. And, and also it goes in so many different, interesting directions, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the people that have, that have met along the way. Um, yeah. yeah tell us about that for the people that don't know, uh, you know, all the people that you've met along the way. Well, let's see. Uh, I, I, when I moved to, to LA uh, in, uh, at the end of 74, I went to uh, one Avenue for half a semester, then ended up at Bancroft Junior High where I met. In my homeroom, I met Jack Irons. Um, he was dressed as Gene Simmons for the talent show. <laughs> and I barely spoke any English, but I don't know why, because that's not my nature at all. As he was walking uh, down the aisle, he was sat sitting behind me. He has his Gene Simmons outfit, you know, that that old made because you know Hillel was involved in a couple of other friends, and 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 so as he walked by, I just kind of punched him in the genital area, kind of lightly, and he went, "Ow, you!" And I was just like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought it was protective." And then he told Hillel, "This this this kid, this kid at the homeroom, he just punched me." In the, whatever he goes, "What's he look like?" "Oh, he's. I think he's from Mexico." He's kind of got curly hair and he plays guitar. He goes, oh, I heard him. He's amazing. He's a great guitarist. He heard him the other day about whatever. We should jam with him. Anyway, so they, so somehow we ended up <laughs> getting together. And then obviously that was Hillel Slovak and Jack Irons. And, and it was before, um, you know, we jammed with Flea. So we started our first band um, through junior high. It was called uh, Chain Reaction and, and then it was called Anthem. And then um, we had a bass player named Todd Strassman. And then in the 11th grade, he decided to concentrate on his studies. Um, and then Flea was our friend that played jazz trumpet. And so he kind of uh, went, came to my house and Hillel's house for some quick pointers on, on playing a string instrument because of music he already had in him. And then he was our bass player. And so then that was the first band, you know, and then... Uh, Anthony Kiedis was was our uh, schoolmate too, but he was more in the drama department. In, in, I mean, into doing plays, but he did help us out being our MC a few times. Then we left high school and kind of uh, slowly morphed into Flea left and joined Fear. We got a different bass player, and then Anthony and, and Flea were living together. And our friend uh, 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 Gary Allen, their friend, uh, was a perform performance artist, was playing at the Grandia Room, and invited them to come up with something to open up the show. And so Halal, Jack, Flea, and Anthony kind of brainstormed this concept, you know. And I remember being at, at Donnie Stone's house when their name, trying to come up with names, figuring out what the name was going to be. Ended up being, obviously, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then I went to see the very first performance, which is basically, I think, two or three songs. It was, I already knew. I was like, oh, this is going to be trouble in terms of keeping the band, as, as in, you know, uh, because obviously... It was awesome, and people loved it. But we did. We tried for a couple of years there. We had uh, two four-piece bands that were, you know, uh, it was Halal Jack, um, Hans and I, and, and then Chris Hutchinson and I as What Is This? And then look at those guys. So when we both got record deal offers the same general, I think the same week, Halal and Jack stayed with me, and we went and did a record with Dave Jordan, and then Todd Rungren produced the next one. By then I had met Natasha, 
I mean, that's that's a, the, the, that was the biggest change. You know, I was 22 and I had a dream I was going to meet her. And the uh, next day I met her. Down to, the, I mean, I knew her name from the dream. In my dream, she's across from me in this teeter totter, like on the edge of the forest. It's kind of dark. I can't really see her face. And But she said, My name is Natasha. We're going to meet. And I told my mom about the dream. And then uh, our, our, my, our mutual friend and our, you know, basically he worked at a and later ended up being instrumental in signing Soundgarden. So it's kind of a funny small world there. Um, he had seen Natasha on television because she'd been in, in a few movies and, and TV shows and she always talked about music. So he called her into a meeting and she said, I want to make a record, but I'd love to collaborate with somebody. I need somebody uh, to bounce off of. And so without announcing it, he basically brought her over to uh, my mom's place where I was staying and she walked in and we met and that was it, you know, like literally a week later we moved in together. Um, so then she joined the band and then Halal and Jack went back uh, and to the Chili Peppers and her and I formed a duo called Walk the Moon, like similar name to the a recent one. And that's where that video where I, the one video where I'm dancing <laughs> exists from. Uh, and that was pre-11, uh, pre and I think uh, there was just like a duo in, in, in which her and I explored a lot more of the songwriting as opposed to the band dynamic. So pretty much anything could go without limitation, just with you know, these drum machines. We're just exploring things, and it was pretty cool. So then after Halal passed away, it was during the time period where uh, we were making our second record in England. Jack had a total breakdown, and I, I, it took it hit me really hard too. I had my first kind of mini, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, and panic attacks and all that stuff. It was, it was really jarring because we were so close. Um, but then, so we formed Eleven. So Jack, Natasha, and I formed Eleven, already starting in 1990, in the seeds of that. You know, it's, I, it's such a weird feeling because Natasha isn't here anymore. And I didn't know if I was going to survive that when, when she was gone. But Josh really took care of me. He, he got me busy straight away with Arctic Monkeys. He got me, you know, with him to engineer that record and then, and then the Crooked Vultures and all that stuff, the touring. But when I made Spark, when I made the record for Natasha, that, that's, I felt her so, so present in the room and informing me with uh, so many things that were happening. It was like literally, I think four days that I did the whole record. And it was some kind of crazy, uh, almost hallucinating stupor. I mean, I was drinking some, you know, vodka, which I don't normally do, but it was just, just so I could get um, kind of get in that zone. But it was amazing because it started this feeling that uh, that I was kind of charged with this uh, kind of legacy or that as long as I was creating music in, in this way in which you know, which kind of waited for 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 the inspiration to come. Um, and since then, it's gotten it's gotten to the point where every time I sit down, I mean, I can I, I can I just have to reach that 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 energy level that is so like, like is burning in the plexus that, that, that now I know I need to make the record. That's why I made hum after being ill, you know, last year, but I'd really mm -hmm. feel like she's there. It doesn't feel like a solo record. I mean, I have to call it that, but uh, so now to me, it's like we had this funny uh, uh, connection, this relationship musically where we kind of, and it kind of goes back to, to something that would happen when our friends started having kids and, and the kids started to be able to, uh, to communicate they would actually call both of us alan and natasha 
you know what I mean? Like if they, that they would sense so like there's two separate people, but there's also they're both the same pe person, even yeah. though we're so different. So Alan and Natasha became this thing, you know, or Lennon and McCartney, or as he wanted McCartney and Lennon to later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway. So 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 I when I'm when I'm in that process, and then when I play those songs live, is is I feel connected to her, you know. Um, and I'm not, you know, it's it, it it makes it possible to 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 not just feel. I mean, obviously the 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 missing and the sadness of not being able to share. That's the thing is not being able to share something. So I almost have this like uh, safeguard where there's this mini Natasha inside my brain that's also exist existing next to me, uh, my ego structure as a person I can talk to. You know, it's like because we can all we can do whatever because we have no real proof of how this universe works so might as well believe something really nice you know uh, if it if it, if it helps so yeah so that's that's the thing with uh, with 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 making music and and stuff and um that's one of the one of the difficult parts of this last year is not being able to go i was had so many like european tours planned and stuff but now to concentrate i think i think concentrating on 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 creating so that the, the, the work stays there you know and I need to make more records I realized it's like three three solo records in in uh, 10 years that's that's not that's not very that's not a lot especially because I'm posting little things on Instagram almost daily you know little improvisations so I gotta get I gotta get going on this uh, uh, you know I have some ideas for some instrumental music too good I'm so glad yeah <laughs> Uh, how has the social media uh, helped in that way? Like, you know, how have oh, it's a, I mean, Instagram in particular, I'm, I'm not really that, uh, uh, I don't really use it as a, I mean, obviously it's nice to know that, that there's, you know, a decent amount of followers on Facebook and some on Twitter and, and on Instagram, but early, I mean, I've been on it for about eight years now. And even before we could do video or when we first could, and it was only 15 minutes long, I, I, I remember just using it, um, like a sketch pad, you know, or, or, or like a, like a, like a travel log of, of ideas. And I found that psychologically, I just, I was just more committed um, knowing that it would, in the beginning it would be like 500 then a thousand people in 2000. And now it's up to like 43,000 or something like that, which is a lot of people. I mean, obviously not everybody, but, but like when you're going to put, you know, and, and I like to do it so I, I don't sit there like uh, I'm imagining a lot of people put a lot of time in, uh, or repetition into getting a perfect recording or something. I, I'm the opposite. I like I like it to be spontaneous and raw. So I literally just feel the urge or that it's time. And then I press record and I just start. And then I might record for, I don't know, a minute or two. And then I just go through it and choose a minute or maybe it's the whole thing. Um I don't like sit there and go, oh, that wasn't good enough. Oh, no, this is not new. It's not about that. Is it? And and so many of those bits have, have become, I mean, on Fragments and Holes, my second solo record, the entire thing is based on Instagram uh, sketches and improvisations. And on uh, Hum, the first two songs are from improvisations, you know, and 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 the rest was kind of composed in the moment. But but if I didn't have those first two. I wouldn't have been able to 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 get started on that, you know. Let's go back to eleven a little bit. Let's mm -hmm. talk about the history again. That's where you left off on eleven. So yes, tell us the pick up there. 
Yeah. So, so our first, uh, you know, so Jack's back and, and obviously him and I've grown up together and, and him and I and Natasha had this amazing chemistry. And we uh, get signed to Morgan Creek. Um, and we, you know, we, ha- we hadn't, we didn't have the confidence to, 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 to ask to work on our own stuff. We've had studios and I've been around recording here. That was to come later. But we were still kind of like open and stuff. And so we worked with E.T. Thorngren on that record. And and the record ends up sounding a lot more polished and poppy than we were actually sounded like live, you know. But the songs were also uh, a little more like in the can- There was a little more Sly and Stevie influence uh, and, and at that time. But when, when you heard it live, it it, it it sounded, it was even cooler because it was raw and, and darker and edgier. So that record ends up sounding a little bit, um, a little poppy for, for for my taste, but there's some beautiful songs on it, you know. But what it did do was it got us this opportunity to go out there and and and, and start touring. Now we had uh, we had met Soundgarden <laughs> during those early shows, and we were already fans from before. Like you know, they like they were listening to to our early stuff, and and Kim had been a fan of What Is This when he was a DJ and stuff, and. Uh, and we were listening to Bad Motor Finger, and we had heard earlier Soundgarden too, because Aaron Jacobus said that introduced Natasha and I was also instrumental in getting Soundgarden signed. So, or or you know you know was when they were in A and M. So uh, there was this amazing kind of connection that we had with Seattle, because not only with Soundgarden but with Pearl Jam, because. Uh, they had wanted Jack to be the drummer for Pearl Jam before in the beginning. And he had said, well, I'm just formed the band with, you know, my oldest friend and, and his girl, but my friend Eddie's a really good singer and he should, you should check him out. And so Eddie, you know, goes up there and then he becomes a gen. And then, you know, this one tour that we had uh, booked for a while, we, we kind of lost it to them because they, they had a better, a more powerful label and everything. And so they felt kind of a little bit bad. And so they invited us to open up for them for the first, uh, the first headlining tours that they, they that they did so we ended up touring with them for a good part of a year and a half you know opening up and then Soundgarden and back and forth and that was just just incredible years of 11 touring with Jack and stuff and then um Jack left in the middle of uh, thunk actually like he finished his drums and then left and, and we knew because Eddie went, was was pretty we, we knew Eddie would want him to be in the band and he he was calling the the studio I think using Captain Crunch as his, you know, Captain Crunch calling for Jack. We were like, ah, oh, there's Eddie. <laughs> so we asked Jack not to do it. We said, no, I mean, we didn't tell him not to go join Pearl Jam. We just said, if you're going to do it anyway, uh, just do it before we do the record because he has such a titan uh, and such a unique voice on the drums that it's not going to be easy to 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 find somebody, you know. So do it before so we have that chance. So consequently, there's these thunk B-sides, which is four songs that we took off the record so that Matt Cameron could come down and play drums on uh, four songs, which were Why, No Ground, Big Sleep, and uh, Seasick of You. Some of those vocals in Natasha's performance and took me for a ride and, and, you know, just insane. And her her singing on Echo, I still get, I mean, I get chills every time I hear her voice anyway. It's important to remember her and what a genius she was, and and I, I try to remind people, but it's you can't tell them what what to how to hear or, or how to think. But 
It's like she was not just a good keyboard player. She was she was not just a really good songwriter or a good singer. She was something completely other. And because I was around almost 25 years around her, it's like I don't even know how to describe that kind of that kind of genius, you know? It's the things that you don't hear or that you that didn't end up on record. It's just her everyday, you know. I mean, the reason why Frank Zappa would call and whenever he got a new microphone and 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 ask for you know Tintasha to come over, just the texture of her voice, so he could hear, you know. Yeah, I mean, just just her ability to like you know sit down at the piano and and uh, uh, she just kind of composing her head like really fast right before playing and, and just because she had had this childhood and uh, being groomed to be a classical genius uh, pianist and stuff, but. She was pretty intense already in these in these like uh, uh, classes with with older with adults, and she was just in uh, early teens or maybe twelve or thirteen. And, you know, a string quartet would come in and play a piece that no one had ever heard before, and then you had to basically just write write down what they had just played, you know, in an eight minute piece. And she always turned it, turned it in without mistakes before anyone else, <laughs> you know, like just that kind of photographic memory and the perfect pitch and everything, you know, but anyway, um, you have, yeah. it you have that gift too. I, it's I mine's different. My, oh, thank you. My, my, <laughs> my, I'm more like the, like the daring, fearless, uh, uh, you know, intuitive, not everything, everything. I mean, I, I had, I had an unfortunate very first experience with, with a, with a teacher when I was six, that was kind of a little bit of, of a sadist, you know, enjoying like, you know, hitting my, my knuckles in my hand with a ruler when I didn't get the, the bar cord uh, to not buzz, which is hard when you're that small with a normal size classical guitar. And then that, that for some reason I equated that with like going to school or being taught. So I, I decided to do it all on my own. Later on, I realized, you know, I wanted to, I wish I could have, you know, because it would have been interesting if I actually went to uh conservatory or something like that but I, I like this approach like literally i play all these instruments at first i sound like a total you know i mean i actually have a pretty decent way of getting understanding an instrument enough to get some kind of a sound straight away but then i practice a little bit here and there uh and then i suddenly have to get a, a decent sound on it and then it's ready anytime i need it for something to use in a song you know and I love I love sitting around like with my Indian classical instruments, which are obviously an entire lifetime's worth or several lifetimes worth uh, of nonstop uh, playing, you know, and I'm not I don't have that kind of uh, uh, I mean, you know, I just love uh, the sound of instruments and love textures. So anyway, yeah, so getting back back to 11. Um, so then so then now uh, we basically have a tour with Soundgarden. Um, and now they're based, they're asking us to open up for them again. And, and now we have a new drummer. His name is Greg Upchurch. And we, we, I remember, we remember the letter he sent us from Oklahoma, me being a big fan, an actual physical letter. And so we go into a guitar center to buy uh, drumsticks or a snare drum or something. And he's behind the counter. And he goes, you guys are in love. And oh, my God. And says, are you Greg? You Greg from Oklahoma? Oh my. And so he, he auditioned for us and became the drummer. So we... So that's how we did uh, he for Avant Guard Dog, you know. He uh, Chris had stayed with us. He'd gotten uh, after Soundgarden. Uh, so we so with sorry. So with with Greg on drums, we opened up for Soundgarden for the Down on the Upside tour. And then after the band stopped after that tour for you know quite a long time, 
Chris stayed with us and <clears throat> we did some things together like Sun Shower, um, uh, Ave Maria for the Merry Christmas tree. Um, he got, he got, a uh, he got Alcafara to come and listen to our stuff and he gave us a record deal. We used the record deal, uh, uh, we asked him to give us the money for the uh, for the entire budget to to buy a studio for the house, and and he somehow agreed. <laughs> and then two days later, uh, after getting the gear home, I had wired it up and we started recording Avant Guard Dog, which we then finished. Then Chris Chris came back and we developed a bunch of stuff for you for your morning. Um, you know, uh, he, Natasha helped to arrange almost the entire thing, but we also wrote some things uh, m- musically for him. Like uh, she wrote Pillow, I did Mission and Disappearing One. Um, she worked with him tremendously on Steel Rain. Um, uh, I'm missing one too. Anyway, and so so we had all these songs recorded, like like uh, you know, ready to go, and and we developed these demos. But but the plan wasn't you know to to do the record with him at the time. It was Daniel Lanois, and we uh, basically. He, uh, I think the day or th- uh, two before we were supposed to start the pre-production or or whatever, he canceled. And Natasha just said, "When Chris goes, what are we? Get- what am I going to? Do- what am I going to do?" It's like you know. And Natasha's like, I- "We have the studio. You got us a studio. We can start tomorrow. Let's do this." And next seven months, we just spent uh, locked up and him going back and forth and in Seattle coming back, and that's how we did you for a morning. And then Avant Garde Dog didn't come out till afterwards because AM had asked us to uh, to uh, wait so we could concentrate on on being you know Chris's band and and touring mm-hmm. Euphoria Morning and that's why it came out in 2000 because then AM uh, folded or, or or got bought out and then we had to wait to see what was going to happen. But the good news, you know, not that any, there was no label that ever promoted us, but but the good news about that was that that's how we got to meet Queens and Josh and everybody because now we're in Interscope and so, and they're putting Rated R out and, and Avant Garde Dogs coming out. And so we already had, had met Josh. So he'd seen us at Matt Cameron's wedding where Natasha and I sang Ave Maria. <clears throat> and he Oh, those guys, eleven. Yeah, why don't we do this uh, this tour? And so we played the West Coast shows, you know. With and that's the, the friendship became instant, you know. So at that time, Nick was in the band, and and Gene Troutman and Dave Catching, um, and Brandon I think was there too. And then he invited me to record their B sides at Sound City. It's the first time I got to work on that beautiful uh, console and studio. And then. Uh, desert sessions, right? So he goes, boom, seven and eight. Natasha and I go out to the desert. Actually, I, I went out first. She 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 didn't like the desert, so I went and literally drove back to bring her back again because I said, you don't understand. It's going to be amazing. This Rancho La Luna studio, the vibe, the atmosphere is perfect. You're going to get out there, which is great because next thing you know, Nanada and Up in Hell, her and her and Goss singing into the same microphone. I mean, that was a magical experience. And I wrote "Hanging Tree" and "Making a Cross" right there in, in the in the porch in the morning before recording it. That's where I met Lanigan for the first time. Um, and I just started that whole other side of uh, of our lives, which is like being around and part of the Queens of the Stone Age, from being uh, involved in in Def, not only as the Mexican DJ and Natasha as the womb uh, uh, DJ. Um, 
<clears throat> but I'm doing like theremin and, and, and flutes and no one knows and Natasha's doing piano. And, uh, and then obviously after that, you know, lullabies being part of the band, her, her and I being part of the tour, the 2005 touring outfit, you know? Yeah. We did another record around the time of, uh, uh, our very last record. We were working on, on, on what could have possibly been the sixth one. And I have a few tracks, but sadly, of course. Bye. Yeah, you ever gonna do anything with those? Yeah, I mean, I've got the songs. I, my, my, I had a plan for a second to like to like you know, it's it's five songs, I guess. Lanigan to sing one, Josh, Chris, uh, you know, and then obviously now Chris is gone, and and then yeah, so part of me is thinking that it's been so long that maybe I should just imagine what the melodies would have been like and just kind of finish it out, you know, because instrumentally it's 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 incredible. We'd recorded both uh, like. Literally, I think uh, in two days we did these 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 recordings, which sound so full already, you know. Um, and we had this kind of weird, like uh, it's just it was so nice to, to be back with Jack, you know, with Jack. You know, we had done you know uh, Howling Book and, um, and put it out on our, on our own around the time of Songs for the Deaf. Um, and this record, uh, you know, I, I mean, I I think I think I will. I also have. Uh, I, ha I also have some some um, I can sh I can probably share those with. You. I have some trying to figure out when or how to release them. They're just some eight track recordings from between Thunk and Avant Garde Dog, which are really interesting. Um, Greg's playing drums. <laughs> Love to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th I, th I think there's a few. There's a couple on there that, that you would just like. And the only thing left left is 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 a, a dat that I digitized. And one song is a bit of a digital glitch, which can't be fixed. But it's short. You know, whatever goes by. <clears throat> but I tried to reconstruct the the master tapes, and it was on this old machine that I tried to find one, and I did find one, and then realized that uh, not not all the stuff was on there. So there's not really any point of trying to remix it but i think it sounds good as it is you know so mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know it's been uh it's been uh um getting to play those that music again with with my trio in, in south america has been has been interesting you know yes um, that i when i saw that i i thought that was so great i love that you're doing that so it's yeah. it's possible that uh they can hear those eleven songs live again. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We we play, <laughs> we play uh, quite a few of them. There's a live album that we just put out on Bandcamp. Um, sadly, uh, uh, I mean, it's 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 really good. I mean, I wish my voice was a little bit better. I had just been through this this pretty intense thing. Um, I had to cancel the first one of those theater shows because we played this show in the north of Chile, and the, they had this really old uh, setup, and the fog machine malfunctioned and it burned. <laughs> The shit out of my throat. It burned my throat so bad that that Aww. I ended up not being able to make a sound out of my throat for about oh my six weeks. Yeah, and so I had to. I had to, you know the doctor came right before the. Sh it was two days later the, the the theater show that I had to cancel and re and reschedule, which is where the show is from. So I'm not a hundred percent, but at least it, it's in there. You know, it's passionate. You know, but I had a bit of bad luck with that. It's just literally like. It wouldn't turn off, and it was one of those spinal tap moments where, like, I'm, I'm, it's just like below, it's below me, and I'm completely enshrouded in this kind of oily, old school, toxic kind of smog machine. It's all right, it's all right. But anyway, yeah, the the those guys, you know, they grew up listening to Eleven and and the brothers and Cote and Fellow, and 
and they're when they do their 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 background vocals and they do some of the Natasha harmonies, it's like you know you get a little bit like oh my god, so you get chills because because they they really know they, they really know how to uh, how to uh, approach it and the feeling of it, you know. That's so cool. <clears throat> yeah. Um, on your on your your words, how do you come up with those words? <laughs> like I I heard you you mentioned Chris, and I I heard you say that sometimes you, when you used to hear the things he wrote, you were like, "Whoa, like how do they do that?" But that's how I that's how I feel listening to your words. They're so deep. Like one of the things I was thinking, like both of you, you and Natasha as well, when you're together, and and even your solo stuff now. I mean, you've been through so much, so much loss, but even the old stuff is so deep it sounds like things that only people that have been through some stuff you know would come up with <laughs> you know no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well we were always concerned with uh uh with 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 existence you know and suffering and and how to how to how to make it uh how to try to be uh part of the positive or or or, or or the or the good part or how to how to be empathic and and i mean we, we were already empathic but just like what like lyrically in 11 especially very it was often a reflection of of our our search you know for meaning and and connection like how you know love is you know sometimes we're throwing like these quantum physics kind of concepts in there because it had this weird way of like there being like a ghost in in the machine or or like a you know, not just a strictly chemical accident, universe or physical, like it, it, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, 100% religious uh, dogma, fantasy, mythology that keeps changing all the time throughout history or pure scientific. It's, it's somewhere like the magical uh, universe, the magic, the magic in there. And very often in, 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 in the arts, you, you, you feel that, you know, like, I don't know, I can, I can read some poetry, like, you know, and, 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 and hear a piece of music and suddenly you feel this connection between everything. And, and so we were really concerned with that. Uh, you know, we read a lot of books with, you know, we'd go to this, but I don't know if you're, you've been to LA to Bodhi tree in LA, but it was really cool. Like the books have been around forever. It's gone now, but uh but you know, it's like okay, now we're reading this uh, thing about reincarnation. Okay, no, never mind that. Now we're reading this thing about oh no, look at the Kabbalah. Like is this okay? Oh, now there's oh wait, Joseph Campbell. Let's read all of those. Okay, and so there's always this, this searching going on. And I had a you know throughout the years quite a bit of uh, we both did you know uh, panic disorder here and there. And so when you so to to cope with that kind of thing, you just start to kind of like get into meditation and things where you 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 like to you know think about life and explore things about life and and what always we always got back to is is, is connection and and between all things and and just the process of of that of of like like feeling feeling connected to that to that to the muse to the to to the beauty and things uh, to the best in people and all that stuff you know so so that that was that was what we're you know some and obviously sometimes a bit of a British sense of humor, or or some some kind of uh, funny funny things going on there. Um, that kind of uh, 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 a little bit of ab abstract logic, uh, where 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 
you know, I, I was a big fan of E. Cummings growing up, and and Charles Charles Bukowski too with the poetry and stuff, and 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 I I love that having grown up with Romance languages to suddenly in English there was this economy that you could achieve with with the English language and throwing certain words together created this tension and exploded the meaning into this kind of like holographic something much bigger than than in a Romance language you would often have to like make very long winded to be able to describe exactly that. But this is not even about describing exactly that. You could describe a feeling. So very often when, when I'm writing lyrics, they, they literally, I, I don't sit there and work on a line and go, this could be better or, or revise. And I never have revisions. I literally just wait, sit there, like, like kind of like in tune and, and try to, once I get the, 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 the first, sometimes it's a title, but once, once it's more of a core feeling, I have to have that first, you know? And then, it just kind of comes out, you know, and it's, it's literally like a, like a, like the emotional aspect of it or the intensity that energy of, of the feeling of it or the, or the, or the place that you've, that, that you've um, arrived at psychologically or whatever it is, you know, that kind of just speaks uh, directly into, into that line, you know, and that's why the, the, the line has, uh, it has power that that continues because very often I find myself reacting to it as if I heard it for the first time when I'm on stage. Like if I have to do unfinished plan, I usually try to save it towards the end of the set because I know it's going to, you know, it's going to fuck me up. You know, so pardon my, my uh, it's going to mess me up, you know, because I have to, those, you can't just casually sing those songs, you know, um, about Natasha folding into the weave to never say bye, you know, all, all, all these, all these just images and all these ideas. Um, uh, I mean, her strength, you know, battling her, her, her cancer and, and, and how she remained positive and, and unwavering. And that's why it's so shocking to everybody that around us and everybody that knew her because she was like, survived the craziest uh, things in her life, you know, in Soviet Russia, being a little Jewish girl and, um, you know, deciding to just to to defect or uh, um, you know ask for asylum and arriving with nothing, you know, uh, years before they could even get around to you know any kind of you know it's just so anyway. So there was so much. Um, I mean, it, it, what, what, especially with the solo stuff and 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 now thinking about Chris too. When, sitting down and writing those lyrics is like, it's just, I just have to, I just basically picture, you know, conjure them in, 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 a, in a sense. I just I go through the memories of experiences that we had together and, and what it feels like to miss them or, or even more so the, 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 the blessing of having known them and having shared uh, existence with them for whatever period of time. That is kind of like, um, feeds feeds the words you know it's it's almost like it you know i guess i can say it just writes itself because it kind of did it, it wasn't but granted I, you know i it, it took me a while to get to to get to the to the point where i knew i was ready i i'm, I'm i was laying in, in bed like ill for you know that period of several weeks almost two and two months or so just hoping that i would you know be able to get out of it and then the second it was i, I knew it was because i literally got up did this record and then i got on a plane to go to south america to play Lollapalooza, and then hit on my way to europe and then and then i got stuck i mean i went from being sick to making the record to 
I had two days where I did the videos uh, for Hum, and then Liam did uh, If Morning Comes. And then I got to Chile the 4th of March, and I got back uh, late, late August. <laughs> so <laughs> trying to get back, you know, obviously, you know, but it was, it was pretty heavy lockdown over there, too. Anyway, yeah, so that that's that. And and I think with Chris's words, you know, too, I remember him sitting often he would he'd be working on lyrics uh, um, when he was writing melody and lyrics to the songs that, that we had written the music for. Um, and I could sense I could see the see the way that he would, you know, he would look up and 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 you feel his energy when he was working on that stuff. It's just a lot to do with you know what what he'd lived through, and not only in, externally but internally. You know, when 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 you deal with a lot of artists are born uh, uh, with a with a hypersensitivity to 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 existing. You know, and hyper empathic, and so they feel everyone's pain and suffering and and their own. And and for me, like one of the one of the reasons I I started having panic attacks as a little kid, I was like seven or eight, was this kind of this kind of uh, uh, clash between the world as I, as 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 it was, and then what I imagined it could be. Why do people have to behave so awfully? You know, why can't everyone just, you know? So I I knew people that 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 were sweet to each other and kind and 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 or they could be sometimes, and then and then suddenly there's there's other side, and then you, you know at the time I was watching the news or whatever and or I could see violence around me in the neighborhood um, or abuse or whatever. And, and, and then just suddenly just why that's, you know, and so that kind of, that kind of how to reconcile those two things is like when you're a kid, you know, I think it started giving me a lot of anxiety that and visiting the, the, uh, the tombs or the Aztec tombs, which I, I went in on my own and I was just, don't do that when you're a little kid <laughs> walking around those catacombs, like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> How has it progressed? Um, you know, since before, since Natasha, how has it? How has it evolved? Um, it's a stupid question, but no, 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 because because I think I think it's definitely changed. Uh, uh, um, and the chili trip and meeting your father and yeah, exactly. I mean, you've been through so much, man. Uh, I when 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 Josh said, because um, he knew that I'd never met my real father, you know, because him and my mom, um, anyway, you know, he, he, they were both too young, and and he had his career and stuff, and she had hers, and so I wasn't supposed to know that I had that that my, you know, that I had a real father. I thought my stepdad was 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 my father. Yeah, how, how was that? Like, well, it's my it was my grandmother that that that, that basically said, laid down the, the, the he shall never know, and oh. then she's the one that broke the rules. So my mom was really upset. Oh. She's like, what? Did you know, so and she didn't. He didn't. She didn't tell my mom she was going to tell me. She just kind of blurted it out one day. And my, excuse me, I was in my twenties, and uh, at the time, I, after the WTF moment, I'm like. Uh, well, what am I feeling here right now? Am I curious? Am I like, I guess, I guess not really that much at the moment. I mean, he would have reached out, whatever. I, I, I kind of under the rug. Then he sent me a letter a few years later, and I didn't quite know how to, how to like, said, am I feeling something or whatever? And so 
I didn't address that. And then time passed. And after Natasha passed away, he sent me an email, but there was a lot of things I didn't. Um, then Josh goes, you know, uh, so you know what you need? We get, we're all, we're touring South America. You're going to come and open for us and you're going to meet your father. You know, it's time. I was like, okay. Cause I hadn't been back to Chile you know, I was born there in 62 left in 63. I mean, not willingly. I mean, my grandmother kind of went, um, and then now it's 1908, uh, now 2000, 2000, you know, uh, 2010 and, and I'm back <laughs> with the amount of years I passed, you know, um, 46 years or whatever. Right. Um, and I get there and, and, and my dad cancels and then I realize, okay, well, because he hasn't heard, heard from me. He sent me two things and I haven't responded. So that's a total, it's my bad. So I emailed him. I said, listen, I totally get it. Uh, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't reach out. It's been, it's been interesting and complicated, but I think we should hang out anyway. Cause, cause I don't care about the past. I just want to see if we can, uh, you know, be friends and, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So then I came back around, uh, went with, with Queens to the play Columbia and a couple of other places. And I came back on my own and my friend AXA um, booked a show, a free show at Rocky Guitarras, which is, you know, blew my mind because first of all, my, my dad was there and my uncle Peter were there. So the night before that, he shows up with my brother. I have two brothers, Marcus and Daniel, and they've become really close with my, my entire family. A lot of cousins and, you know, and my aunts and, Anyway, so he brought him, and we him, you know, we bonded, and and it's next, you know, it was all pretty much chill. And so the next day, he's driving me around, showing me uh, the different uh, uh, sites in Santiago, and taking me. Oh, I grew up here. I played here. This is where I used to rehearse. So the studio recorded my first thing. You know, it was amazing. Um, then he came to see the show, and it was amazing. And I started, I started like you know the intro to Endless Eyes. And it's uh, 700 people in this club. And, the, and Spark had just come out, like, you know, weeks before. And I opened my mouth, and there's 800, like 700 people singing the the singing the song with me, like, full throat. I was like, whoa. So that was really intense. It was such a beautiful homecoming from, from everybody, you know? It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I see my dad by the soundboard, and he's got a big wow. grin, very proud, and everything like that. And... And I got to see him um, almost, I, I came back every, Chris brought me back the next year. Um, we played the uh, Machinaria Festival. Uh, I did solo, then I joined him for his uh, solo set. Then I came back. One one time I went there uh, uh, to play with my, I started already my band with my, with my, with Cote and Fellow. It was, at first it was a, a quintet. And he was he was he wasn't around because he was playing uh, some cruise uh, tour, you know. So it was like that. It was really cool. Um, he ended I up passing. I saw on a cruise once. What's that? Best concert yeah. of my husband and I saw that boat cruise. Was oh, cool! Eleven. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best thing we've ever seen. It was so. Oh, cool. do you remember? I talked you, my you, way on because I didn't have a ticket. And we're like, what? I missed this. It was amazing. Do you remember how we, how we made them we made them change the the angle because we were gonna um, because they, we had positioned uh, the microphones a certain way and and then and then we realized that it was gonna make everything was gonna knock over with oh, emotion. I I just remember it was the best thing I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> My husband. That was so much fun. And that was, remember that we had an opening act that the self-appointed. They drove up on the little boat. 
Nope. I don't remember oh my that. God. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it was kind of like, well, we were still, uh, it was probably way before we, we started playing, but they, 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 they were from Jersey, I think, or long, they were from long Island and they, and they were in a boat all packed together like this, like in a, in a kind of video. And they pulled up alongside and they, they said, we're Levin's opening band. And I forgot their name. <laughs> they did. I'm sure my husband would remember. It was amazing. That was amazing. Um, yeah, so I forgot what we were talking about. It's just a new uh, you were talking about how your trip to Chile and oh, how, yeah, your, yeah. how the sound has evolved. And you said it yeah. has has evolved. So how yeah. how so? So 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 okay. So so you know, I went down there with Spark, and then and then um, my mom and you know she she had moved in with me. Um, she had been ill before Natasha, and she had survived her first round uh, with with a fight with cancer, and then. She moved in with me, have had having had some nursing experience and stuff to to you know the last uh, month of Natasha's life, and then she stayed, and I you know would go and play and tour. She took care of stuff at the house. She took care of me, and then she got sick again, and then I was taking care of her for a few years. Then she passed away on the second of January, and my dad passed away on the thirtieth of January. And there was a new moon on that second, and a new moon on the thirtieth, and I was just like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> you know." It's like what are the odds of this two two new moons in the in the same month? So I did make my way down. Uh, my my brother t told me and texted me that you know dad's gone, and I and I literally just went in the car and bought a ticket on the way to the airport and got a suit and everything you know so I could arrive just uh, and just just made it. Um, and that that uh, spring. After that is when I did fragments, and so um, <clears throat> this time I decided to try to to expand the palette and 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 use a, a much bigger uh, instrumentation. I already had all the sketches, you know, ready to go, um, which would be all become songs. Almost every one, I think, maybe no, I think every single one was already present in some form. I should go back and find the original ones. That would be really interesting to see what it, what it, what it became. But uh, there, there's 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 some songs there, you know, about uh, my mom and about my dad. You know, "Whispering Fields" is, is about my mom. You know, um, that lyric in particular. If it's like if you've ever been to in in a in a in a, a hospice type type type, uh, type uh, uh, and walk through the hallways in one of those places, you know, where she was, because she didn't she didn't want to. Uh, she made my sister promise to take her to a little. Uh, uh, hospice uh, facility as opposed to dying in the house at the house you know she didn't want that um you know where natasha had passed and and uh anyway you know so so i just ended up like playing drums uh which you know kind of like i play all the instruments here and there so i had to practice drums and what i would do <laughs> is I would set up a really long recording time because we had, you know, inside Pro Tools and uh, no tape. So like uh, a two-minute break and, and then the song, right, with a, with a count of click track. So I would do like six six takes in a row over a period of 40 minutes and hope hope that I could edit together a good performance. <laughs> and it, it ended up working great. But, I mean, I was just alone in the house. So there was no engineer. I had to go from one room to the other where the drum set was in the living room and all the way across the thing. So I had to put... The, the 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 start that's why I get give myself two minutes in between and to move around. Uh, 
Um, yeah, and, all set to self-taught with all this stuff. You and the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm. Uh, I always. My process is like I. I just listen to something. Um, uh, whatever music or instrument that I that I that I, I just I just absorb the texture of it, and then it really helps to see somebody playing it, and I watch their body language. And obviously, what are they doing? Like, how are they holding the embouchure? Like, how does the mouth look like? What do the fingers look like? Is it what the angle of this? Their their, their position, and I kind of imagine uh, being them. And so then, when I get the instrument, obviously, besides doing research on on like the proper tuning and maintenance and whatever, I literally have a quite a good head start. Within minutes, I'm getting a decent thing out of it. You know, like. I loved the uh, the Last Temptation of Christ uh, uh, soundtrack. So uh, Jovan Gasparian is playing Duduk on it, and it sounds like mm-hmm. you know, I have this very human voice kind of thing. It's a little double reed, like you know, it's a reed uh, uh, bamboo thing. And I got one, and it basically sounded like a really angry duck, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, because I didn't, I didn't know what the hell I was doing yet. I hadn't seen anybody play it, so what I, I finally found some footage. And I see that it's holding a and doing this thing with his mouth. And then I then I went and grabbed it and I was like, oh, okay, okay. And within a few minutes, I started getting a decent sound. Yeah. So I mean, with all this stuff, it's just self-taught. It's like, you know, reading about it and then experimenting, you know, and having a good uh um it's almost like like you have an idea in your mind of what the sound is that you're after, even on recording, and it's it, it's been like that. Like, okay, I hear it in my in, in my mind's eye. And now this is the reality. So, so how do I get this closer to that? So, okay, move the microphone or try this or you know, um, tr- you know, all, all that in the in the recording process and all of it is just is just uh, it really helps to have an idea um, to, to imagine to have, imagine being great already, and you're basically just uh, tracing your steps, you know. Uh, to your future self that already that, that's actually that's that, that's my mental trick for hum was was that the album was already done and all i had to do is is uh uh tune into what what it is that it is in the future and do exactly that so that it will be that you know so <laughs> that's, that's a nice, i don't know if that makes any sense but okay it's already exists somewhere right so so i just tune in to that like breadcrumbs you know or yeah so so that's that's what i did with 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 so. with, hum, with hum it's like i i would wake up in the morning and and i and and after the first two songs i had nothing except the silence after the first uh after the first two songs passed like what what's next you know um and that's how that's how all the, the songs came about you know after after hum everything after it was just me getting up in the morning and and uh and writing it and recording it and then mixing it at night and then the next day. So that's, so it moved. I took one, one day off in between um, before uh, uh, nine. So I took a day off and I th- think I got to be, I got playful with a drum machine for the, for that one. So just cause that was just kind of like a reset or whatever, you know. Would you say music is your therapy? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's not only therapy because I actually look at it at a, uh, uh, as like the time I feel the most, the most connected, and it's a strange thing. Like if I'm feeling like really lost or something, that then then it's really hard for me to to engage in music. Like like I can I can play an instrument or just kind of grab something for comfort, but I really have to feel um pretty. I have to feel pretty decently good to to 
to even attempt it because I don't I don't like to I'm, especially lately I'm not used to 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 trying I'm just trying I'm used to doing so in other words I just need to be in the right space so I can just you know go ahead and and and, and create something and record something thank you know th thankfully I, I, I go back and forth between you know, helping others with their music and, and producing stuff and mixing things and mastering things and and doing guest spots and and which is really nice because that's a that's a little bit le less pressure. You know, I, I can I can pretty much do that anytime. You know, or or play an instrument, learn an instrument. And right now I'm just trying to to get my health back. To, you know, together. It's been you know quite a few. Uh, you know, about I would say even before Natasha got sick. And, you know, I would say like yeah, 15 years of like you know me. I'm, I'm trying to like get the diet right and then lose the weight and then eat well and just have it stay that way. I mean, I quit smoking okay. a few years back already and, and oh, okay. cut, cut out the booze and all that stuff. And not that, you know, it was ever a problem type, type of thing, but you know, this is, wine is nice and you know, it feels good to have a glass. And so uh, when you realize you've been having a, uh, almost every single day of the week, you had a glass or two, then you're like, ah, eh, maybe it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm actually lately I've been enjoying this 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 thing I've never experienced before, which is like what happens when the, I mean of course I've moved I love walking and this and every once in a while you know would go to the gym but but when you actually walk for like three hours or go hiking and and you know you get really achy and stuff but you get to this this place I've been enjoying like the the walking in, in kind of wild areas here um, there's a couple of uh, cool parks and and trails. Um, and just being around nature is just, just, it's just great, especially because this past year we're all so cooped up, you know, yeah. it's nice to be able to get out. Yeah, for sure. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you yeah. took care of yourself. Thank you. And after the pandemic's over, what else are we going to expect from you? What else are you, what else do you plan? What are some things you want to do that you haven't done that Besides well, those five songs, I want you to finish. Yes, exactly. I need, okay. I need to finish those. <laughs> I, I make a. Um, I definitely need to need to get on on, on a on a on a more focused like. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do just naturally, like uh, uh, as part of my daily process of you know, improvising or posting little things. Like I I, I should follow through and 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 make them create you know into records or or release the releases the kind of kind of release more of, of my process or focus my process more into leaving leaving more music behind because it's like um i've got especially because i think i think i'm definitely pretty pretty connected now to 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 it so that i can i can do some good stuff i i feel very creative um and in a good place you know in terms of that um so a couple of uh, instrumental records, another solo record. Um, I'd love to collaborate more, you know, um, so many awesome friends that I have and, 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 and we've been kind of getting used to like doing it uh, uh, remotely, but I'd love to travel um, and kind of collaborate, you know, if, if, if it's possible this year or, or next, I'm sure by next year, you know, it should be, but I have some, some you know, love to tr go to Europe and spend some time there. I'd love to do a U.S. tour, you know, finally, like uh, as soon as we can, you know, um, an acoustic tour. I haven't, I haven't done a U.S. and Canada tour solo ever. You know, I've played in South America and I've played in Europe. Actually, I did a few shows with Fistful of Mercy. Um, 
a few years ago, but the, the Vodka and, and Gogol Bordello tours that was in Europe too, you know? I haven't toured enough in, in, in the States. And it's, it'll be easy. I'd love to just get inside a, a, you know, a van or something and, you know, with one, one friend and just go drive around and do it. I mean, I think it'd be really great. It can just be a little, little PA and set up uh, outdoors. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, a big to do. I mean, hopefully, I guess everyone has to get vaccinated or, or a lot of people before they'll allow that to happen. Right. So we're still thinking of the fall, right? Nothing before the fall. I don't think. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's what I'd love. I'd love to I'd love to just do more more and then and then I'll obviously get get as healthy as I can and and uh, and and just keep doing keep doing it. Um That's the that's you want to uh play with that you haven't played with already. I have a, I I've been pretty lucky. Uh, I'd love to do more 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 music with uh, my friend Nick Acosta. She's an incredible singer. I'd love to make a record with her someday. Um she joined me for the Chris Cornell tribute at the forum. She did an incredible disappearing one. Uh, I played cigar box and stuff. And then she joined us for <clears throat> can't change me and preaching. I mean, Josh and I are, are due to do something together. Just the two of us at some point, you know, we really nice, even though, you know, we've just been done stuff in Queens and desert sessions, but it'd be really nice to do like a, something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, this, there's, there's some great, artists that I, I love uh 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 ruben nilsson from uh, uh unknown mortal orchestra you know i got to interview him for the, the dario series he's super creative um i love his stuff so maybe it's someday to, uh, some be cool to collaborate with and then you know on instagram and there's all these really amazing uh musicians showing up in which i'm really digging you know this bass player named mono neon is uh, incredible um yeah i mean my friend Nosfell, I don't know, I did a record for him uh, years ago, but he's a super talented French artist, and, and we're, we're due to do some stuff at some point, you know. So we'll see. Hopefully, my, Alessandro Cortini and I, we just uh, did a, uh, the, the Ghost Recon Breakpoint music there with Norm, our friend Norm. The three of us were, were involved in that, and Alessandro is a huge fan of Elevens uh, and, and uh, Euphoria Morning, and he's super talented, incredible uh, musician in every way not only in this the synth world but everything else so i'd love to do some stuff with alessandro in the future and you know i think we will so there's plenty of of, of people to collaborate with you know plus whatever uh unknowns there still are which there always are like surprises you know whatever uh, fate's going to bring hopefully hopefully i'll have uh have uh to look out on Bandcamp for a couple of uh, uh instrumental records pretty soon which i'm going to start hopefully next week creating you know going to be interesting just strictly instrumental stuff uh, um i think the first one's going to be like a, a almost like a meditative um ambient but but thematic too some something that i've used all year to kind of uh, uh relax and when, whenever the the angst and stress of of confinement or or the state of the world <laughs> stressful as it has been these past few years um uh something like that you know something something that is you can actively listen to but also kind of chill to you know so i'm calling it reveries you know reveries volume one just in cases of volume two which is like little daydreams um we're kind of working on the cover now which i sometimes do have a cover before i have a music <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes you design the covers 
too, right? Even yeah, that. sometimes. Yeah, well, or, well, with my friends, you know, I've I worked on. Uh, I did uh, the last few eleven ones. Actually, the thunk is a funny one because that was a sketch I did really fast to 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 give the art department. I see you have it back. Do you see the poster? Yeah, I did That's that. I, I did that. The, the the idea of the apple on, on top was a was a quick like a, photo, a Photoshop sketch thing that I gave to the art department, and and they were supposed to realize it in a more professional manner. And then the end, and I think we ran out of time or something happened, and we just went with it. And I know it looks so lo-fi, but I, I think it's pretty funny. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple shirts. My oh, cool. That's awesome. Um, I mean, there was there was always there was always cool people at the labels, you know, that were trying to champion us. It's just it's just it can be just bad luck, you know, and and it can happen like it's several times because the system wasn't, especially because we were never okay. Like for example, paraphrasing someone that was in a meeting at a marketing meeting for Avant Garde Dog, right, uh, Interscope, and so they said that the the head of promotion said. Oh, I know them. They've been around for a while. Yes, they're very talented, but I mean, it's so strange. There's a guy, there's a girl. It's too alternative for rock. It's too rock for alternative. It's too this for that. It's too related. And what is it? Is it Captain Tennille? It's like, <laughs> is it like that? In other words, it's like, oh, it's like it wasn't, it's not a need, but at the, at the same time, it was so, it was so, I mean, I would love that. It's so wacky. It's like, wait a second, they both sing and wait once, what? And, and like, you know, it, it it it's yeah. what you know and, and it's funny natasha and i used to write songs uh i mean write music in in a sense to to fill uh like both being fans like what what we would love to hear something what haven't we heard what what particular manifestation of music is is missing out there and and we kind of just said okay well then we'll just write it kind of a thing you know so that's what this 11 has these these multi things happening multi layers happening and it doesn't fit into a particular mm. we were lucky to 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 have been included in the and people thought we were from seattle because we would get lumped into the grunge thing people mm. some butthead and well it's, you know it's great and we had many opportunities but the good thing is is that it's it's people are continuing to to discover it and and, and listen to it and um and that's that's the good thing i, I then you know one of the saddest uh parts of all this is that natasha really didn't get to um she didn't really get to to experience firsthand how much love there was out there for her and and for our music because when she passed away you know 2008 it, there, there wasn't really like a post uh the, the effect of the amount of people uploading to youtube and listening on youtube you know it it, it, it it's a long time ago it was what you know what is it 13 years ago so it wasn't like if you listen, see all the views and all the 11 songs on YouTube and people discovering it for the first time, it's all in the last 10 years or less, you know. Wow. It was all so sudden and, and also so shocking that it happened. But then our, our friend, a mutual friend, Randy, uh, she she told me that Natasha told her once that, that she didn't want to grow old. And I'm like, okay, well, it's, she would have said that to me. I would have had a thing or, th or two to say about it. <laughs> she knew not to say that to me ever because I would have just immediately just like not rested until I uh, I changed her mind and made, made me promise that, that her mind had been changed. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, but then you know, it's so young, 52, and Chris was 52, and Frank Zappa was 52, just so bizarre, you know? So I never, I never thought of that. Wow. Uh, yeah.
Yeah. Crazy. You had a lot of losses. I'm so sorry for all your losses. Oh, no, thank you. I mean, you know, we all, we all do life. Life is, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's like that. I just, uh, you know, I mean, I can't wrap my head around uh, uh, them, you know, completely. Chris being gone just make, makes no sense to me, but, you know, um, but at the same time, it's just like this, this continuing inspiration, you know, um, and I just hope that uh, we're all taking every stock of everything that's good and, and, and focus on that and also work hard towards making the world better, you know, now that there's been this really hard reset, you know, because there's a possibility of it going uh, bad or better, you know, so mm. might as well. And I just, you know, I just hope that 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 anyone that is is uh, that feels a call and the passion for music that 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 you um, that you stick to it, uh, stick to your guns, and know it's going to be hard. I mean, it was hard for me sometimes. Um, sometimes it was easier, but that was in a time when it was, in general, a little a little bit. Um, Still, you know, now, now with with streaming and and no touring and whatever, it's it's, it's going to be disastrous for a lot of super creative people. So just it's 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 worth it because obviously I never had a choice. You don't have a choice. You just have to do it. I mean, I I just that's all I know. What to be, how to be is a is 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 a musician, you know, an artist. Um, and yeah, I mean, if people people need it, you know, it's 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 important for all of it. I'm I'm happy to see that more poetry's uh, poetry's coming back, and people read more books. You know, <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like what's old is new again, and comforting, and yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine imagine like going to see live music again. It's like. Uh, uh, yeah, you know that 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 feeling of, of of experiencing things together. I mean, the 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 live um, streams thing was was and and I've and I've been doing uh, I've been watching and and paying uh, um, for some some really cool shows on the weekends here and there um, to support a lot of my favorite jazz musicians and stuff. You know, and it's great. You know, you can see it, you can hear it. Obviously, the emphasis on the on the sound being good, but it's just that that you don't have that feeling of being in the room with the yeah. electricity, with yeah. other humans experiencing something that that is uh, in the moment. So, you know, hopefully that 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 will all come back in some way, um, eventually. So, I uh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah. This has been great. Oh my god, you made my everything i've been wanting to do this for a long time so if it's one good thing the pandemic has done and has let me talk to you so i'm so grateful for that thank you and i'm, I'm yeah, and i'm grateful to uh, as well and and i i appreciate uh uh you know and and i'm thankful for for your your, your passion and understanding and and support and all that and that's why it's so lovely to talk about all this stuff with you know and remember our girl natasha and and Chris, and um, and the on and this this crazy road that we've all been on, you know. Can I get you to do a life minute shout out? Yes. So life minute, <laughs> life minute yeah. TV. Yep. <laughs> are we are we watching or listening? Watching. Okay. 
Thank you. God bless you. Take Thank care you. of yourself. Thank you. You too. Thank Take you. Care. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you. So much. <laughs>